0: Warning, this podcast has stories of real life events and true crime that happens every day. These stories may contain adult language and graphic or disturbing details not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised.
1: 132 in first,
2: I've got him at gunpoint. Okay. Check the blood flowing before full evacuation at this in time.
1: They're pulling him out! I'm Advisory, ready for the game. Yuck, 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 yuck!
0: Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom. And I'm Chuck. And we are back for part two with uh, Bryce, a.k.a. at that sleazy, that guy sleazy, uh, at that guy sleazy on social media. And that is how Chuck found you, right?
2: Yeah, man, through, uh, through good yeah. old Instagram. That's how that's how a lot of people have found me. I, yeah. uh, I was about to say, it's funny, I, I actually haven't even been in Ukraine since uh, April. April? April no May, May is when I got back to the States and I still have literally just two days ago I had some dude reach out to me and he was like hey man you know trying to uh find a unit and go do some stuff you know da, 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 can you help me out I found your Instagram I was like sure dude right so apparently, no,
0: that's,
2: the, apparently that's the that's the platform to get a hold of me
1: that's yeah the, I mean it's just the way to do it it's so much because you can see it and, and you know people are posting on it and you know it's Instagram, I think, is probably one of the most popular platforms now. Um, That's bought it. Yeah, I mean, just because so you, you can see the pictures. You, I mean, it's 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 like like almost like uh, X or Twitter, but with it's better interface and. Yeah.
0: Right. I Gen Xer, it's Facebook. If you're a millennial, it's uh, Instagram, and if you're a Gen Zer, it's like
2: Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. But like it's it's funny because like uh I never intended for my Instagram <clears throat> to get the popularity that it has now, you know. I never uh I never I I that's not what like my Instagram is still my original Instagram right um, you didn't start an Instagram you know, for this. No, 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 no. Like I what I was doing, what I intended for for you know, just putting stuff on my Instagram was for my documentation of my journey in Ukraine with family and friends that I had on Instagram, you know, who wanted to check up on me, but wasn't, you know, texting all the time and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, so, uh, but somehow, some way it blew up into, into what it is. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: like, like this is, That's cool stuff oh and i see by the way i saw the 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 post about hockey so i'm i'm very pleased yeah very pleased
2: yeah man i'm I'm hockey i love hockey but yeah i mean like as you can see like i still post you know i posted hockey i was like it's still my personal instagram i just put all my ukrainian stuff on there also you know um except for my youtube channel that one was specifically for spreading videos and knowledge and and going over stuff in Ukraine but my but uh my actual Instagram per se that was that was strictly just for me and it just happened to blow the fuck up <laughs> yeah so
0: for those of you that missed um part 1 stop what you're doing right now don't listen to this episode go back and listen to last week's episode and listen to part 1 because if you don't understand the amount of shit that Bryce went through, both as as a United States Marine, and then as a civilian post Marine Corps, to get to what we're about to hear. You will miss how cool this is. Uh, so let me see if I can recap this. From the from the age of ten, you stared at a picture of a Marine on the wall in full recon, like force recon gear and said i want to do boogeyman ninja shit for my country you went to your country and said here i am lord put me out there to do boogeyman ninja shit your country said uh we're just gonna have you run around the base and take people to jail yeah as an mp so then you get out of the marine corps you try a woman tells you I don't want you to go and be a private military contractor. So now you don't get to do boogeyman shit as a PMC. Right, correct. Then you decide to go back into the Marine Corps, but you will have a woman tell you, "I don't want you to go back in the Marine Corps. I want you to marry me." And you said, "Okay." And then the Marine—I'll say this—the Marine Corps wouldn't have cheated on you.
2: It would have just no. I I, I knew, I I knew. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I knew I was gonna get fucked from the start on that one. That one, that yeah. one, I would willingly go in right. knowing that he was to abuse, to put it. me up, is, wet. You know,
0: I'm signing up for an abusive relationship, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So okay, so instead of the abusive relationship you signed, you wanted, you ended up with the sneaky abusive relationship you got. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. the guys, the guys in Russia get a wild hair up their ass and say, you know, we really miss having Ukraine as part of our little Soviet union. And admittedly, there are people in Ukraine that want to be part of Russia again.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, there's people in Texas that wish Texas was still part of Mexico. Right. right.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I was just going to bring up, there's, there's people in LA that still wish that California had Ronald Reagan as president, you know, exactly. So don't mistake, you know, one person or one country for the same, right? But the majority of Ukrainian people are happy to be Ukrainian. They're very proud of
2: 100%, man. 100%. And, um, I,
0: I can tell you they, they will fight just as hard to keep Ukraine-Russia free as Idaho is trying to fight to keep it California free. <laughs> <laughs> from the yeah, California I am <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, trust me, I felt it. Um, so anyway, yeah. so you finally you're in this place in your life where you're not attached to a woman. You're free to do whatever you want. And somebody decides to invade another country in the former Eastern bloc Soviet union, where Russia decides to invade Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And you said, well, if I don't go now, I'm never going to get the chance. And you're probably right. Right. Yeah. So you go through some real cloak and dagger 80s movie, text message this guy and meet him in a dark alley shit.
1: That's like some CIA fucking
0: shit. You fly your own self to Poland. Uh Right? uh You flew your own self to Poland.
2: Yep, I bought my own plane ticket. Yep. yep. (laughs) One way. (laughs) One one way ticket.
0: One way ticket to Poland. I mean, how did that feel buying that? surreal
2: honestly man like it it, it kind of it like, like fuck yeah let's go kinda of, man it was it's kind of that moment you know where you're like um I don't I don't know if you know like you, you just bought you know this big really big purchase that you know like and it costs a lot of fucking money that you've been wanting it's for a while you've been wanting you've been wanting it but like as soon as you buy it like that's yours forever good bad indifferent that is yours. Yeah. And you're like, um, Uh-oh, so what did I
1: just do? <laughs>
2: did yeah. Just so do? it's like, oh. like did I like fuck? Did I like? Am I doing this? Like am I? Am I actually doing this? And of course yeah, that thought ran through my head. Yeah. That's what, exactly it got real. Uh Especially you know I'm standing in DFW airport. You know going through TSA. You know and uh, you know I got my passport and they're, they're looking at it and they're looking at my plane ticket as going to Poland. And like and I I have all my fucking combat gear with me minus. A rifle and ammunition right. and uh they're kind of looking at me they're looking at it and i was like they're like where are you going i was like, poland you know because at the time you know it was sketchy like we didn't know like, how right. the state was going to react right. if right. you went and fought and i was, I was like i'm going to poland You're like well for how long i was like i don't know a couple weeks I'm like why don't you have your return ticket well i don't know what damn coming back you know right. like okay all right Fucking no, this is let me it. go and <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh but I would going to say
0: so, yeah, Just, yeah, say? Say? Fuck yeah. Him. yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. But I, I hadn't committed a crime, I hadn't done you know, I haven't committed right. treason, I haven't done anything. Uh it's, it's not a crime to moment, though.
0: You still pucker yeah. factor a little bit, and you're like, what are they gonna say? And then the voice yeah. in your head goes, Motherfucker, what are they gonna say? And you're like, No, but seriously.
2: <laughs> yeah, the only thing that I was really worried about was I had a, a level four ceramic sappy plates and oh, I'd been reading. Yeah. I had been reading a lot of places that some TSA agents, if they wanted to would confiscate them and you were not getting them back. Oh, that's great. And, I, and I was like, man, and I got these things for a fucking steal. Um, like each plate was originally like 500 bucks. I got. The two of them for two hundred and seventy five dollars.
1: Holy like, shit, that's crazy good!
2: Wow. Yeah, and did, I, did I only. Did you have got side sappy. ones,
1: dude? Did you get the side?
2: No, nah, I didn't wear any side sappy. Just my front and black, uh, front and back sappy. But um, and I think I only got that crazy deal because uh, there was an R Navy surplus store in uh in Bryan uh, where I was living, uh, and I was picking up just small gear that I needed that I didn't have left. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw that they had just stacks and stacks and rows of, of sappy plates. And I was like, I was like, Hey man, I need, I need a set. And he goes, Oh man, all these are sold. They're, they're going to Ukraine. I was like, well, I'm going to Ukraine. I was like, I, and I, I need a set. Like I'm going to fight. Like I need a set of sappy plates. And he was like, hmm. man, I don't know. These are, these are already sold. And I was like, dude, I'll, I'll pay the price for them. Like I'm not asking for like, and it did like, I just, I need plates. I was like, this is my plane. Like I had my plane ticket on my phone. I was like, you can see, like, I'm I'm going to Poland. This is the city I'm flying into. That's the border. Like, this is where I'm going. He's looking at that and he goes, Let me call my manager. So he called it, he called the manager, which I think was the owner of the store. And uh, sure enough, sold him to me. And I think he sold them to me for the price that he was selling them as bulk. So right. uh, oh, I got yeah, I got dude. crazy yeah crazy so that was what that was the biggest thing i was worried about because like i knew i could eventually probably find plates in ukraine you know steel plates or something like that but level four level four ceramic for 250 bucks for that like i will never find that again bro
0: that's like that's like my buddy who went to moscow for his senior trip when it was still the soviet union and a man offered him 350 dollars american for the rebox off his feet Jeez. right like you show yeah, he'll up never, he'll never get that up, right right you show up to ukraine with level four ceramic plates you're a god among men right like, yeah there's not everybody's yeah. gonna have that. very few people are gonna have that let's 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 be yeah. honest yeah yeah,
2: dude, like, yeah. imagine but, if you uh, say rocking shit. flak jackets right <laughs> dude i would have been pissed man if tsa would have yanked it dude i that would have been like that wouldn't have been a punch to the gut. That would have been just like a straight like Stick stab and then like slice it all the way yeah. across and just straight yeah. gutted me like just right there in the fucking open. So but no, uh, they, they didn't do nothing.
0: You get an address to a safe house.
2: Yeah. And yeah, that's, yeah, yeah.
0: that's where we're at in the story. You yep, are yep. now in a safe house in Poland mm-hmm. with all your shit fucking Jason Bourne over cool. here.
2: Yeah. yeah. So this and, house actually turned out to be like this little... uh hotel uh in the village so it wasn't like a standalone house which made me feel more comfortable
1: (laughs) yeah right you didn't have to say some fucking code where you're like hello
2: yeah knock knock three times wait for a second knock two more times and then say the magic word all right
0: it's penny 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 yeah
2: yeah exactly (laughs) yeah so uh yeah so i i get there i um and actually, it's funny getting into this this hotel. So uh, obviously, I don't speak Polish, um, and uh, so at the airport, you know, I I, I order a taxi, and uh, the, I, I just gave the address to the taxi guy. I was like, "Can you take me here?" And uh, he was like, "He's like, yeah, I get in." So I and he's this little bit. Uh, he didn't have a lot of what did he have? He had a uh, like a, a Skoda, maybe like a small Skoda. So I have my deployment bag which for people that don't know, what it is, it's a, it's like, a large duffel bag with wheels mm-hmm. and like a hard, a harder bottom. Um, you could probably fit a body into it. Um, plus some gear. Like it's, like, it's a good size. Like you could fit everything that you need for deployment in this bag, all your kit and gear, everything. So I, had that, I also had sea bag um, with a, uh, uh, some like different gear that I was bringing, some different aid that I was bringing for whatever unit that I joined up with, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, just a normal backpack, uh, just uh, you know uh, a day sack, so to speak. Um, so it's packed this all into this Skoda, and uh, you know he takes me to the the address, and we pull. It's nothing but Polish cop cars and vans, when like with the the bars and the the cages on the windows and stuff like that. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, what the hell is this? So, but I, I looked at him. I was like, is this the place? And he was like, he was like, yeah. I was like, all right, cool. So I get out. I get all my shit. We're in like middle of nowhere, Poland. Um, huh. Literally, like middle of nowhere, we're out in the country,
1: mm-hmm. just fields and cattle uh, and sheep and shit.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're we're out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and uh, so I walk into this hotel, and uh, you know I put all my stuff down the lobby and I walk up to the desk and uh my phone wasn't working properly at the time um and uh so I'm trying to get google Translate to pop up but it wasn't wanting to pop up so I'm trying to talk to her in English and she only spoke broken English and uh basically come to find out that um they didn't have any rooms and I was like I was like no I was told to come here I was like I was, uh uh I was, I was like an American soldier fighting Ukraine. Uh, and she was like, she was like, no. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I was told to come here. So then I, I, was, I was like, let me make sure this is the right address. So I showed her the address, I'm like, no, and I on my phone. I was like, is this here? And she was like, no. And she just pointed out the window. And I was like, okay, how, how far? I was like, how far is this? I was like, because the taxi cab just drove off. I don't have service to be able to call a cab like, <laughs> How far am I about to have to walk? Oh shit! And uh, yeah, so so I asked her, and she was like, "Just over, just over the hill." And uh, I was like, "All right, cool." The hill is three, maybe maybe five hundred meters out, three hundred, five hundred meters out. Oh, nothing, so pretty short. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, I was like, whatever. I can. I was like, my deployment bag rolls. That's fine. My sea bag can go on my back. My day pack can go on my front. Easy. I'll just walk down the road. So I, did. I walk down the road and I get up on top of this hill and then I see like these little kind of like standalone houses almost, but like you could tell it was, uh, I guess cottages almost, but you could tell like they were sort um, of like a hotel or like they're all rented out, you know, campsite type deal. So I was like, maybe this wow. is the place. So I walk up and I go to like the door and I knock and he opens it up and he's like looking at me like very confused, like who the fuck is knocking on my door and Then he sees me with all my shit and he's like, like an even more confusing face. So again, I'm trying to talk in in English and he, he spoke, I don't think any English. So I just showed him the address and he shook his head and he pointed down the street again, same direction that I was walking. And I was like, fuck how far do I have to go? Yeah. I was like, yeah. how far is this? How, how far is this? So I get back on the road and I start walking and, uh, you know, I'm dragging my deployment bag and uh, like you know
0: what it does? You're just walking with a backpack. Just, it's
1: sad. Yes, just, like, dude, what's, yeah. what's going through your head at this moment?
2: Dude, Fuck was, how far do I have to walk? Yeah, really? Well, and it's also, it was a March 31st, March 31st, April 1st, something like that, right? End of first part of April and um so it's chilly it's chilly it's not cold but it's chilly um i had a hoodie on and uh it starts raining is this is oh, 2021 2022. okay yeah yeah right 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 after the the mass the mass invasion um or matt right. people call it invasion i call it um an expansion because they invaded in 2014 so it right in the, ex, in the expansion or or large scale invasion if you want to call it that <laughs> but um but anyway so yeah well, it starts raining runs really. an
0: invasion how's that We'll we'll go with that the incursion yeah. versus the invasion sure
2: correct 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 but um so it starts raining and i'm like god <laughs> this is this is one hell of a fucking journey. Uh, turns out that the hotel was just on the other side of the hill, but uh, it was like another kilometer on the other side of that hill. Oh, so shit. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I walked. I walked a little over a mile uh, for the people. Five hundred
0: meters turns into a mile. like <laughs> yeah, Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So yeah, five football fields turned into you know, right. uh, a, a little, a little over a mile. Like I think it was like a, like a mile and a half, give or take something. Oh, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, I, I, I walk up to it and, uh, I walk in and as soon as I walk in, I can hear people speaking English off in the distance, um, with accents. So it wasn't American English, but there's English. I'm home. Like, this is it. Like, this has to be the place. Like, there's no way this isn't the place. So I walk up to the receptionist. <laughs> Dear Lord, please. I will
0: go home if this is not the place.
2: Right. Uh, yeah, it was fucking violent. But So I walk up to the receptionist, and uh, again, she doesn't speak English. So I'm trying to speak to her. Um, I was able to connect to their Wi-Fi, so my Google Translate started working. But uh, somebody that was in the other area speaking English heard me, so they come in. He ends up speaking Polish and, uh, talking to the receptionist and stuff like that. Um, they were completely booked. They didn't have a single room available. And I was like, fuck, how, where am I going to sleep? Right. But, uh, but, but she, but the guy in her book said, it's okay. Come here. And, uh, we walk into like the dining room area and, uh, they have a loft that's over the dining room area. And, uh, they had, uh, mattresses laying on the floor. And they ran power cables up there so we could, you know, charge our phones and stuff like that. But they let oh us gosh. sleep, they sleep up on top of this, uh, uh the this rafter, so to speak, um, or loft, uh, uh, for volunteers going to Ukraine. This happened to be, I came to find out, like, this is a, a well known, you know, uh, safeguard for you know, Ukrainians leaving Ukraine, going into Poland and going to other places. And then for foreigners trying to go into Ukraine. Yeah, good um, halfway
1: point or midway point.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> it was literally 30 minutes from the border. So it was the closest thing to the border. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I ended up staying there Met met some, some foreigners. Um, and uh, I was talking, I, I sent messages to the Ukraine commander that uh, told me where to go. And uh, you know, I'm sending a message to him like, "Hey, man." Well, first I sent him a message that I landed in Poland. Uh, sent him a message when I got to the hotel, and I'm not getting anything like nothing. I was like, "You know what? It's war. Oh, he would be in a conflict. You know, he might be duking it out right now. Like, right. who knows?" I was like, "You're trying to make ex-
0: you're trying to make excuses because you're like, this is fucked up, but also like, I sh- it's a war. I get it. And he couldn't right, be fucking exactly. You have no idea." Right, he 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 could be be about to say it's
2: it's been it's been a week since I've to him. So yeah, he very well, might be dead. Um, But uh, so talking to these foreigners and stuff like that, and uh, some of them told me some horror stories of why they're leaving Ukraine and going back home because they were in the International Legion and telling me different horror stories about that. But then I met uh, I met this guy from Norway, and at face value, I thought he was he seemed he seemed legit because I don't I don't know shit about the Norwegian military. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't. You know, I don't know much about Norway, to be honest. Uh, He said he was an officer in the the Norwegian military. Um, He even showed me a picture of him in a uniform and stuff. Um, uh, And he was, I think he was in his late 40s. And this picture looked, you know, he was in the late 20s. So I was like, like, you know what, whatever, you know, been out for a while, but, you know, you still know different things, whatever. But then he also said that he spent, 15 years in the french foreign legion oh. and he even oh. had he even had like a french foreign legion tattoo on his arm and stuff like that i was like well i don't know shit about don't the tell french me foreign he's an imposter i don't know shit about the french foreign legion or the fact that they're complete badasses like complete badasses yeah so, so the, i was yeah, like the
0: french foreign Legion's no
1: fucking joke.
2: fuck no man it was no, originally i think
1: all. made up of prisoners they're like you want out of your sentence you can join this and fight for it
2: Essentially, yeah, way back in the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, and then it kind of became like a safe passage for people from other countries wanting to well, basically yeah. start so their life over,
0: right? And so they, they would they, they would go to the French Foreign Legion. Nationals, they said. Yep, in, in yep. That was the whole idea was that uh, they wanted to open up the French armed forces to foreign nationals that were looking to, like, you. This was a pathway to French citizenship to be accepted. Like, it was like this was like okay if you want to you you got to go kick ass and take names around the world if you can't stay in your country so it was an interesting concept you know that's what historically i'm gonna run off and join the foreign legion because it was the only way you could start over internationally
2: right yeah but you could be you could be wanted from interpol sort of so to speak you know you could be wanted in every country in the world you can go to the french foreign legion and after you know i want to say it's like three or five years or something like that in the french foreign legion you'll get a french citizenship you'll get a brand new name it's like a brand new identity of like who oh, you okay. are like the like the over. old you is yeah the old you is is gone and mm-hmm. this wow. is the new you yeah new my understanding of everything that's that is because like i know there's a lot of people who would do that you know they'd be i don't know if they were wanted by interpol but you know wanted in their country right. and then they would go they would go there and start over um so that's all i print from legion but this guy seemed you know pretty squared away you know pretty pretty locked on 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 different things you know small conversations you know about different things of, of stuff but uh so this ukrainian command not back with me and stuff like that well the next morning happens i still can't get a hold of this guy and this guy from uh, Norway, he had a vehicle and he goes, Hey man, I'm driving into Ukraine. You want to come? And I was like, sure. At, at least, at least in Ukraine, like once yeah. I'm in Ukraine, like I could figure, I can figure other shit out. Like at least right. let me get I'll into just, Ukraine. I'll just
0: keep giving up to soldiers until one of them gives me a gun.
2: Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of, kind of what I thought. And so, right. uh, so we did, you know, we, we go to the border and uh, the border was wild. Um, we sat there for six hours because uh so he didn't have a passport he just had like an id card or whatever because i guess he doesn't need passports in the eu and stuff which was weird for me but uh the the border guarding she started a process she wasn't supposed to start from my understanding but uh so we're sitting there for like two hours three hours and like this uh Border guard commander, like the head of the border guard in that area, that check post, comes up to us and apologizes to us. He's like, Guys, I'm so sorry it's taken this long. Um, you know, uh, and he's the one who goes, She started something that she wasn't supposed to, but now we have to let it play out and has to go to Kyiv and then back to us and everything like that. He goes, What are y'all hungry? Let me get y'all some food and stuff. So he takes us into like their little uh, snack room, so to speak. He buys us coffee, buys us some like little sandwiches and like some snacks and uh, basically just keeps apologizing to us. Well, like, hey, man, you know, it's whatever shit happens. And then like around like hour five or something like that, he comes back to us. He goes, hey, guys, it's not going to be much longer. Uh, we're about to we're about to have supper. Come. And we're like. All right. So he like takes us down like the bunker of this checkpoint place where it's only, um, uh, military and border guards there. Like there's no civilians, no nothing. And then you have me and this guy from Norway just like walking in and everybody's kind of like looking at us and like, he's talking to other people like Mm -hmm. while we're walking and everybody kind of just like passes by. And then, uh, this dude buys both of us and we sit down and we eat with him and another, uh, some officer of the border guard. And, um, that was my border guard experience. And like we I, I got the border guard's number, like we we talked and stuff like that. And he goes, If there's anything I can help you with, uh when you're in Ukraine or when coming back out of Ukraine, here's my number, let me know and I'll help you. Oh how nice. So I was like, Damn, that's dope. Mm-hmm. I was dope. So I was like I had his number. Uh but anyway, so we go, we get into we get into Ukraine and uh I was hanging out with this guy. He uh from Norway. Um, he tells me, he's like he's like, Hey man, you know, I have a couple meetings with some different units um here in Ukraine if you want. He goes, You seem to know what you're talking about and uh your skill set and stuff like that and just from talking to you. If you want, you can come to these meetings with me and see if these units will take you as well, since uh you don't really have a place to go. I was like, Shit, this is falling in my lap. Yeah, let's do it. Like Let me go talk to some fucking units or whatever and find that's hopefully not the International Legion, because I've heard these horrendous stories from other people about the Legion. I didn't want any part of it. Um, So uh, so we drive into Lviv. uh, It's late, late afternoon, early evening. And uh, at this time, uh, they're under marshal, So they have curfew. And I think uh, curfew was 10 p.m. I think How does, it look to,
0: does it look like a country at war at this point?
2: Um, man, t- to be honest, so driving from the border into Lviv, it looks like nothingness really. Like, there's really nothing there. Like you'll, like you'll drive through like countries? some small villages. Yeah. Drive through some small villages. And when you're driving through these villages, you're like, damn, people live like this. Like,
0: okay, so it's it's still very you know second world country, right? It's very Eastern Bloc. It's still a lot of rural communities, yes. but they but it, the war hasn't touched them yet, right? Like like they know about it. Yeah, yeah,
2: not right. not not in the Lviv area. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, no. But uh, when you're driving up though, like they still have checkpoints everywhere. They have True. you know the big head. They have the big hedgehogs. You know, line up uh, uh, oh. at different intersections and stuff like that. Making different serpentines. Um, and uh, oh, for people who don't know what a Hedgehog is, it's the big, um, the big, Ryan, the big metal X on the beach. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. It's to, to stop tanks. These are probably a from World War II. <laughs> Some of them probably were. I know a yeah. lot of people, like I actually saw people make make them. So they were yeah. actively making them, but I'm sure a lot of them were probably oh, also right. leftovers from, from right. other wars in that area. Yeah. But, uh, But, uh, but yeah, like you could, like they they were ready for it. Like they were, they were ready for it. Checkpoints everywhere, military everywhere. Um, Like they were, they were, they were ready for it. So uh, late, early evening um, we're getting in. So we go, uh, we go to this hotel and this hotel ends up being like the, uh, the, it ends up being like a, a common passageway for a lot of foreigners coming in and out of, Lviv, uh, to go do different things. It was weird, and like I didn't know that at the time, but it, it ended up being that way. But uh, so we spend the night there, um, and uh, the next morning we wake up, we go down to uh, uh basically like downtown Lviv. Like there's a big square, coffee shops, and um, that's where the c- center center of Lviv is. Oh. And uh, we we go to this coffee shop to meet with uh, the this guy named Damien. He um he used to be like the head spokesperson for the International Legion, like um early twenty twenty two, like uh like early International Legion timeframe. Um, if you saw anything about the International Legion, it was it was his face and his voice and stuff like that. Um, uh, so we have a meeting with him. Uh, basically, I tell him you know a synopsis of my background, you know my qualifications, who I am, what I'm here to do everything like that and uh you know uh the other guy from norway is talking to him and they both start speaking norwegian i'm like damn this dude knows english ukrainian and or like this dude fucking knows language that's fucking dope um this damien guy come to find out damien is actually either ukrainian norwegian or norwegian ukrainian one, one of the two but that's oh, how,
0: that's how they got linked the up. right guy yeah
2: yeah, that's that's how they got linked up with some with somebody in Norway. And I was like, okay, cool, this guy has to be legit. Like he's meeting day one of being in Ukraine, he's meeting high officials for different okay. positions and stuff like that. Right. So again, I'm still thinking, you know, this guy is um, sorry, getting a getting a phone call real quick. Um, so meeting this guy uh at this coffee shop and uh we, uh, I tell him synopsis of everything and he right then gave me a, a job and he was like he's like, hey man, um, I can give you a position uh, doing security for um, government officials in Lviv. Like you'd be a personal security guard for officials in Lviv. And I was like, well that's dope, but that's not why I came here. So no, I don't want to do that. Like I wanna go fight. Like that's what I want to okay. do. Like, don't get me wrong, like it'd be way cool to uh, you know, be a personal bodyguard for government officials. Yeah, under in normal frame, circumstances. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that'd be a good job. But like, that's that's not why I came here. That's not but what I want to do. I, there's uh, a so thing
0: happening a couple miles that way I was more interested in.
2: Yeah, that seems a, like a lot more fun. Right. Um, so uh, the, we, we declined that. Um, and uh, the next day we had a meeting with another unit in uh, Ivana Fives, Ukraine, which was about an hour and a half, two hours from Lviv. And uh, so I asked him, I was, I was like, man, who's this, who's this unit? And uh, he goes, it's the right sector. And I was like, don't don't know anything about the right sector. He's like, you see all the, the red and black flags, you know, flying and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, that's the right sector. And I was like, well, who are they? And he kind of okay. tells me what well, he, he, he kind of tells me what you'll read on like Wikipedia and, and stuff like that. Um, basically, they are a uh, nationalist party um, of Ukraine and they have been doing, they've been fighting in the Russian aggression since 2014. And they've been doing great good work. They uh, good equipment, highly skilled, trained guys and like they're accomplishing a lot of really good things in ukraine i was like cool that that sounds good uh but then you'll also hear like some negative sides of of the right sector with them being nationalists you know you're like oh you know they're nazis you know oh you know they're murder people oh they're doing this mm-hmm. they're doing that you know they're this this would and be that. The
0: equivalent of like the three percenters in the united states right so you have three percenters in the united states if shit kicks off and then somebody from another country gets sent here and they're like, hey, go hook up with the three percenters. They'll take it. that. That's kind of uh, for our audience. That would be the equivalent, right? It, 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 maybe not the same. Yes, the group, yes, and no. The groups are not the same. That's not what I'm trying to say.
2: But no, no, no. But well, so the three percenters a, here aren't a political party. The right sector right. is a political right. party. And yes. Yeah. So
0: hmm. so the, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's like the right sector. It, it, imagine if the three percenters became a political organization and yeah. yeah they that would be the equivalent of a right-wing group becoming a political it's almost like a military if, you, if the tea party and the and the three percenters had a baby right yeah Um, yeah and then and then so so when when he's saying so so the audience understands when he's saying that he's being sent over to these people it's not like the right sector is a division of the ukrainian military right it's it's not it is a it's like their own militia right yeah that's a good it's right it's like a a politically active militia
2: yep
0: so what happens after that yeah
2: so we go and we have this meeting with them. Well, on our drive down there, because um, I'm still trying to get you know some information from them. So I messaged uh, my buddy that um, was uh, was in the YPG over in Syria and stuff like that, and uh, I was like, "Hey man, I need an intel packet. Like I need to know the ins and outs of this organization and what they're about because I'm about to have a meeting with them." And this guy to the left of me. Uh, I'm driving with is saying, you know, they're this, you know, they're pretty sketchy guys, you know, neo-Nazis and yada, yada, yada. So like, I want to know from my own guy what I'm about to walk into. So a couple hours later, he, uh, he sends me, you know, uh, an intel packet of the right sector. Uh, and it wasn't exactly what the guy next to me said they were, but some similarities. I was like, all right, cool.
0: Right. It's somewhere in between. This. Right.
2: Right, right, right. Right. So um we get to Ivana Frank Keeves. we uh spend the night next day we have the meeting and uh we have breakfast that morning and same thing, you know, we go, we kind of go like this little square area. Um the uh, we're waiting and he messages the guy, he goes, Hey, somebody's gonna come out to meet us. I was like, all right, cool. And we're just kind of waiting, talking, looking around, you know, seeing what's watching everything. And um uh all of a sudden, I see this dude walking up to us, you know, black boots, black BDUs, black combat top. And I was like, I got a feeling that's our guy. Like, I don't know who we're supposed to be meeting, but like, right. I got a feeling like that's the guy we're meeting. <laughs> uh, so, And sure enough, you know, he walked straight up to us and, and introduced himself, um, told us who he was and everything. And um, he uh, took us into this building. I think it was a cash exchange place is what it was. And I'm like walking down this this hallway and like the very end of it is the cash exchange. But right before it was this big steel door and he hits like this buzzer. He looks at the camera and it lock pops and he swings this big steel door open and we walk in. And then uh, that's like these old Soviet staircases. Like each step is a different height and a different length. And it's all like, like the perfect Jinky. Soviet staircase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we walk up it. And then there's another big steel door that he buzzes and looks at the camera and the door clicks. And I'm thinking, I was like, oh, shit, this is exactly what this Norwegian guy was telling me. I'm about to walk into a room. There's going to be plastic tarps everywhere. Like, this is it. Like, I'm done. <laughs> they're about to like, murder I'm, you. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm I'm done. Like, they're about to fucking steal all of our equipment out of our car. Like, like, I'm just a fucking supply drop for these guys. Right. And, uh, uh, so like, no, I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm like, what am I gonna do when I walk into this room and it is nothing but tarps? You know, I'm, I'm coming up with, you know, a game plan to, to, to fight or whatever. But, uh, walk in this room and there's a couch, a desk, and computer, two guys. I think there's like two or three, two or three girls in there, like talking to them. And as soon as we walked, got in there, like the girls left and, like, we had business like it was it was cool um they basically asked who i was um shit like that and uh qualification skill sets what what my intentions were there in mm-hmm. ukraine and uh ultimately they they said hey we would love for y'all to join our our unit and uh i was like cool. works for me like I've, <laughs> finally y'all this y'all. is what i came here to do yeah yeah i was, I was like Yep, that works. Let's do it. Yeah. How like, long right, has well, it been this far? Uh, I've been in Ukraine two days now, so I think I'm on oh, April second okay. or second or third. So pretty quick. Like that.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, quick. yeah.
2: It's all, it's all, it's all happening now. It's mm-hmm. happening, like you know, we're we're going. I was like, dope, and he goes, "Uh, our foreigner unit isn't getting set up for another two weeks, though, so that's when we'll have your contracts and uh, uh we'll be able to get you to the unit." I was like, fuck. I get into a unit, but not yet. (laughs) So uh, sit around and wait. We're like, all right, yeah. So I guess we'll go back to Lviv and just hang out in our hotel and you know explore Lviv a little bit for two weeks until we get our contract. So uh, that's what we do. We go back to Lviv and uh, we're sitting in our hotel. Uh, We go down for breakfast one morning, and uh, me and this Norwegian talking and. uh, Um. This English guy overhears us, and he walks up to us, and he goes, "Hey guys, like, you know, who are y'all? What are y'all doing?" And uh, at the time, I don't know why, but like, everybody is very, like, all foreigners are very kind of like quiet about what they're doing over there. Sure, um, probably obsec, which I don't, yeah, obsec. But like, people were being extra vague on things sometimes and it's stuff like that in you know
0: and they don't know who's who in the zoo dude like you could be talking yeah. to the wrong fucking person with and end up in a van with a black bag over your head yeah in in a in a, in a yeah. concrete cell that's floor slopes slightly two inches to one side where the drain is right yeah
2: where the drain is exactly but uh but yeah so he comes up and talks to say hey man what are y'all doing here like oh you know we're here to find just waiting on our contracts and he's like okay cool uh how long you like oh you know a couple of weeks and he was like all right well he goes well I work at a training facility here in Lviv and we need foreigners who you know NATO trained foreigners to help us teach these Ukrainians NATO skills and I was like oh man dude uh yeah I've been out of the Marine Corps since 16 like I'm confident enough in my skill set for me to do th- my job but not necessarily confident enough in my skill set." teach somebody my job um i was like like, i'm still a little rusty in some areas that i'm gonna need to shut up a little bit he goes hey man that's fine these guys don't know anything so just a little bit of knowledge that you have is huge more than what i was like exactly and i was like i was like all right cool you know whatever we'll come check it out i have two weeks anyways like i came here to help ukraine to help ukrainians this is doing that it's not exactly what i want to do at the moment but it's helping
0: well it's better than sitting so, on your ass making chocolate thumbs
2: ex- exactly exactly mm-hmm. so uh so that's what we do we go to this training facility and check it out and um it is, just check it out if it doesn't fit for you it's cool but at least check it out so that's what we do we go to check it out and uh we sit down and meet the um the commander there so there was two commanders you know there was the actual you know like director of operations so to speak um over the entire training facility the day-to-day actions and he was an officer from england crazy cool dude um think of like your stereotypical um uh, english officer very proper posh like perfect figure like that was him um so sit down and talk with him and he tells us you know everything that they're training at the facility And they were teaching um, the basics of everything. So base uh, of all these classes, uh, the basics of CQB recon um, mapping, armored vehicle recognition, um, combat medicine. I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, ambushes and, and the basics Mm -hmm. of ambushes. And I was like, how long do you have these guys for? He was like one week. I was like, There's no way you're teaching all that in one week. He goes, (laughs) I know. Literally he just looked at me. He's like, I know. And I was like, no, no, no. Like I'm telling you there's no way. I was like, CQB is my bread and butter. I was like, I was mean, I I don't know, you know, being a police officer, you know, you do a lot of training on active shooters, you know, Mm -hmm. inside of buildings Mm -hmm. and houses and stuff like that. Like essentially that's CQB fighting in built up area, you know, um, uh, so, you know, being an MP, I did a lot of training in that as well. So I love CQB and I did as much training and schooling on it as possible. So I was like, that alone Marine Corps, the very basics is a two-week course. Like, and that's like the basics. I was like, so you're going to tell me you're teaching the basics in one week? But also it's not one week of just CQB. It's two days in the morning for one group and then two mm-hmm. days yeah yeah it's broken up so right. they're actually really only getting one day
0: you're getting a Unlike crash course. Saying. this is a legit crash course right Cute this is crash course on we a don't wide have time to teach you everything but we have time to teach you something
2: correct correct and uh so he goes man check it out you know if you can help you can help if you can't it's no biggie he goes but a little bit of knowledge for them could mean life or death
0: right right like,
2: I mean, I mean let's wrong. face
0: it. If you take one person who knows how to slice the pie, and that person teaches a hundred people how to slice the pie, you may have saved ninety nine lives.
2: Correct, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, um, so with CQB being like you know my bread and butter, um, uh, I was like, hey, I'm gonna go sit on this CQB course and see what your instructors teaching them and how they're doing. And uh, I was watching and. I was watching him and I was like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. It's all fucked up. I was like, oh it was bad. Like uh the the, the guy teaching it also was another English officer. Um, really nice guy, huge heart. Like this this man has a big heart. Um really, really good guy, like really good guy. He just was teaching something he didn't truly understand. He might have taken a course on it, a small course, or watched some videos on how to do it, or had a buddy teach him the basics on it. But he didn't actually understand the the in-depth concept of it, Um, and I it was very very um, noticeable to me instantly. And I was like, "Oh man, these these guys are gonna get killed. Like this is this is bad." Right. So, uh, man, like, cool if I if I help teach you this teach this course it's like yeah man cool sure whatever so I, I kind of start helping teach it and uh ultimately I became the lead CqB instructor um for for the course um, I uh had one of my buddies uh send me a complete cqb course powerPoint from the u s military uh so i I'm taking and I'm completely Taking everything out of it. I'm like, I'm like, nope, that's advanced. That's advanced. That's advanced. That's advanced. Like breaking it all the way down to the 100% meat and potatoes, the very, 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 very basics of fighting inside of a building and right. approaching a building and stacking up to a building. Don't
0: stand in the freaking fatal funnel. Don't be, right. Just watch it. Watch it. Watch basic... your corners,
2: your windows. Yep. Corners, yep. 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 Okay. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I take. I think I took. I think it was like a like a 180 power PowerPoint or 180 slide PowerPoint. I think I broke it down into like 15 slides. Uh, wow. And yeah, like I like I stripped everything from it, and then I sent it to a couple of my buddies um, who uh, were ones in the Marine Corps Army, and uh, another guy out there. Uh, he's a Kiwi um, who was very knowledgeable in CQB. And I was like, hey, man. I don't need extra fluff. I just need the bare minimums. Do I need to add or take anything else away? And all three of them like, "Hey, man, this looks good. Let's tweak this just a little bit, and let's tweak that just a little bit, and then it's perfect." And we all agreed on it. I was like, "Cool, this is what I'm teaching." Boom. So that became the standard for teaching this course. And then um, we had a we had a, a Marine Raider, a um, a Green Beret, and a couple other medical. Uh, guys, come in to teach teach Triple C medicine for a week, and uh, I told the uh, the Marine Raider and the the uh, Green Beret when the when we had like our morning meeting, I told him, I said, "Hey guys, I know for a fact you know way more than this than I do. If you see something that can be improved, don't ask me if you can speak. Just fucking just do it. Just, right? You have full reign on." teaching it and uh, they're like no nah, man this is your course we're just here to help out and i was like no, no 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 no, you know more than i know so if i misspeak or if you have a better way of doing something speak up and say it because this could help as uh, so i had uh, you know this green raider and uh, uh green Bray actually helped teach the cqb course a little bit and uh, uh they actually helped teach me how to break it down a little bit smaller in the teaching aspect of it versus um kind of just making it smaller and building onto it, uh, making it bigger that way. But, uh, but yeah, so I, uh, was the lead instructor for, um, the CQB for a while. And, uh, we're still waiting on the, the contracts two weeks go by and, uh, they were like, Hey man, it's going to be like another two weeks or whatever. So we're like, fuck. All right, cool. Whatever. So, uh, the two weeks go by, I decided not to join the right sector for my, my, my personal reasons. Um, and then uh, there's some things that would
0: give me pause about that, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I'm not not judging another person's culture or anything like that. I'm just saying I understand your decision.
2: Well, so I actually agreed with a lot of what the right sector stood for and represented. Um, but But there's some was there for, yeah. There
0: yeah, were some small things, uh, but then, some things, but then,
2: but being there for four weeks, uh, I I talked to a lot of Ukrainians about the right sector to get their input and stuff like that, and it kind of boiled down to three topics, uh, three three places that they fell in line is one they absolutely loved and adored the right sector, everything about it, sure. right sector, right sector, right sector. Right. Second one was one hundred percent against the right sector. They don't want them in Ukraine. They don't want them fighting in Ukraine. They want nothing, right, about the right sector to do with Ukraine. And then there was right. a third category, which was a blend of the two. They appreciated the right sector for what they were doing against the Russian occupation and their fighting and the achievements that they've made for Ukraine in the fighting mm-hmm. aspect, but didn't necessarily agree with the political stances that they right. held. So I chose, I was like, if I'm going to fight for a group, I don't plan on living in Ukraine. So if I help fight with this unit and we take back a lot of territory and we grow this political movement bigger than what it is and then i leave right. well it seems like a lot of ukrainians don't really want them for a political movement so i'm not i'm here for the ukrainians right. i'm not right. here for myself
0: i don't agree with everything they necessarily say or the degree to which they say it right i've done my research i get it i also would say that i if i were there i were there to help the people and not any political party or movement so affiliating yourself as a soldier that's like saying well i'm going to join the marine corps but only the republican marine corps right like correct Correct. that's not that's not what you do right so yes yes
1: what unit did you link uh, up with after that
2: so i I stayed i stayed i actually ended up becoming the the chief director uh our chief operating director of the school um because the uh, the english commander uh the English officer went back to England and kind of just was like, Hey man, it's yours. So I took over. Um, I did that for four months uh, in Ukraine about four months, just teaching and doing, uh, you know, running this, this program. Uh, one of the medical guys that came with the, the Green Beret and the, the Raider, he's actually also a Marine. Um, he taught, uh, EMT and paramedics and stuff like that back in the States. Um, so he taught at our school for a little while, went back to the States to do some stuff with his wife and work and everything like that. But he was coming back and he was going to teach. Uh, he wasn't coming back to the school. He was going to teach medics on the front line. I was like, yo, man, I'm done teaching. Like, I love doing this. I love helping. At this time, I think we had trained roughly 15 to, uh, 1,500 to 2,000 uh, Ukrainian soldiers um, mm-hmm. at our program. I was like, I was like, I'm done. I'm done teaching. Like, I want to go fight. Let me go to these units with you, teach and with you, and find a unit that I can fight with. And he's like, "Yeah, man, come on with it." So that's what I did. Uh, we trained frontline uh, units for about two weeks. T um, Triple you know, basically teaching uh, them all how to do basically self care and buddy care, mm-hmm. and then um, I I found uh, the 59th, um, which is a mechanized brigade. Um, in uh, me alive, and uh, I joined them. Uh, so I went back to Chernobyl, um, which is just outside of Lviv. Um, did right, different than uh, Chernobyl, just
0: so there's not the yeah, same place, <laughs> yeah,
2: that's yeah, Turnopal, ter- not Chernobyl, uh, right? Yeah, different but, place, uh, but uh, yeah, different place still in Ukraine, but different place. But uh, so I do all my my processing there, you know, my medical evaluation, everything like that, which is. Nothing like American evaluation. It's hey, are you crazy? And I was like, uh, well, I flew from America to a country at war to fight for you guys. No, I was like, cool. Blue stamp signature next. Right. <laughs> awesome. So it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was easy. It was perfect. So, uh, so yeah. Then I go, I go fight and make alive for a little while. Um, well, so here's what was like,
0: Bryce. I think I'm going to have to stop Chuck because we're almost out of time again.
2: Oh okay. you can yeah, there we there. are. Yeah. So,
0: what I would like to do is I would like to invite you back for a part three. Let's do it.
2: Yeah, I'll come. All right, and you,
0: because you guys don't me. even know. I I was looking at your social media. I want to know the story behind this picture. Yeah. Right? This is yeah. this is yeah. uh the the caption. Is it, now we're looking at our guest Bryce right here, uh, laying in, not even in, laying on a. Basically, an emergency blanket and a basic uh, some a piddle it like pad. A, it was
2: like a pee like, like a pee pad. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's an emergency
0: yeah. blanket and a pee pad. It is not an ER. It is it is literally a solar blanket and a pee pad. Blood coming out your eyes, and you said you say You're gonna have to do a lot better than a grenade to the face from two meters away. Uh, I, yeah, I want to I want to know about that. I want to know because. No. Yeah you spent spent some time getting there you spent some time training and then you go up to the front and you finally get to do some boogeyman shit
2: yeah man i did a lot yeah yeah about say i was very short
0: period of time
2: yeah oh oh yeah i did two deployments there so the first time i spent months in ukraine uh four months training two months fighting um and we'll go more in depth you know next week whenever whenever we do this again but uh, uh come back to the states tried to go to the army uh to go do big man shit for us and uh, uh got fucked over by the recruiter again uh so then <laughs> I went back to you went back to Ukraine and uh I was in I was in Ukraine for another 6 months there and uh that's when uh yeah uh, some Russians didn't want to surrender yeah some sur- Russians didn't want to surrender and uh, I took a, I took a grenade to the face.
0: So, yeah, uh, I, so let's just go ahead with your dedication this week for part two. Cause we did say last week we were going to do your dedication mm-hmm. and then, uh, yeah, if man. you have, if you have additional dedications you want to add on, we can always do that next week, but let's, let's make sure we do those. So
2: this one, uh, I got, I have, I actually have three, um, for, for well, this one. Do you want to do uh, one
0: or two today and then save some for next week?
2: Boom. Yeah, that works. That works. That mm-hmm. works. So uh uh two of them, they uh they both they both died in a, a phenomenal battle, a big battle, um in uh just right outside of Mikulive in the uh the Kursan um assault. Um and uh one of them he was uh a, a US Army captain. Um did his did his duty in the, the US military and then decided to to come over to Ukraine, uh went by kilo. Um he's also a native Texan uh really cool dude i gotta i gotta do a lot of really good op ops and um uh and then our, the other one is uh, he's a ukrainian actually um and his uh his name was uh, uh don um he was the uh our translator my first name. um and uh super again super cool dude he was 30 years old um didn't want to fight didn't want to do anything but He knew that he needed to 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 help us interact and talk with the commanders and everything like that. Um, So he gave up his position because he still worked in intelligence for the for the military. He gave up his position in the in the office to come shoulder fight shoulder to shoulder with us just so he can interpret and translate for us. Uh, So. So, yeah. So Kilo and Don both uh, passed uh, uh, October of uh, 2022
0: well rest easy brothers we got it from here and uh i'm chuck and i had only planned on two parts but this has been so fascinating i think we're gonna have to extend it out to three so bryce thank you for agreeing to come back on and yeah, that, we'll set up absolutely our next episode
1: yeah that third one's gonna i think it's, it might be just a little tad longer because i think you're gonna have a lot if not we, might, we have to do another two-parter and make it <laughs> yeah four parts, i, I but- think
2: the. I'd say that these the, two the, with all the, the buildup and, you know, uh, getting into Ukraine and like that, the, uh, we're, we're pretty much to the shit, What everybody's really, really wanting to hear is the, the, yeah. first stories, you know, the, the good yeah. old, the old gun fights and, you know, shit blowing up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, so stay
1: tuned for part three and, uh, Chuck, what do you, what do you have for everybody? Well, I just want to say, hey, everyone, thank you for listening. If you like today's podcast and content we provide, please help us out by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you listen to. Um, Please follow us on our Instagram and our Facebook. Our Instagram is at war underscore stories underscore official and our Facebook at War Stories Podcast. Click the link in the bio. You can get to the YouTube. You can get to the website, which is www.warstoriesofficial.com, where we have some merch. We have some gear, things like that. and if you think you have a story you want to share or you're a friend, go to booking.warstories at gmail.com and I can get you booked. We're always looking for law enforcement, veterans, firefighters, medics, but also corrections, dispatchers, and nurses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you for the support. Stay safe.
0: Yes. And uh, for those of you that have been sending in, we just got another request in for a debrief video. Uh, I sent a message back that we were going to go ahead and debrief that video. So mm-hmm. keep sending those in uh, and, and we'll get to those. We're going to be
1: on the email
0: uh it was on our it was a direct message so we're going to be we'll, we're vetting those requests we'll we'll hang on to those because we have a list we get going through uh to add to the stuff we want to do uh you'll are, you're also going to we're going to have a episode uh with marco coming up with uh marco wants to to be involved in uh, another debrief um and then matt is going to be involved i think uh in Co-hosting war stories, either in my absence or Chuck's absence, at least um, in the near future. So we'll see what happens with that. So uh, just be prepared for some fun uh, substitute teachers <laughs> for the podcast. Um, <laughs> just because we're all we're all integrating ourselves. Uh, Bryce, thank you, man. Appreciate you coming on. Um, just uh, I cannot wait to yeah. to hear because I don't know any of this stuff. I I followed you on social media through the podcast but I can't wait to hear it directly from you. So I appreciate you coming on.
2: Yeah, man. Thanks
0: for having me. And until our next episode, come home with your shield or on it.